Hey there, Almost Founder, and welcome back to the most practical podcast for very early stage entrepreneurs. My name is Kurush Ghaffari, and just like you, I'm a young founder who wants to build products that people love. Today, we are learning from Sramana Mitra, the founder of 1M by 1M, the first global online accelerator. Sramana has founded and sold three startups after receiving her master's degree from MIT. She often likes to say that she was into AI before it was cool, which is true. Her second company, Antarka, was playing around with AI in 1997. Back then, I didn't even have human intelligence. She will tell us more about the nasty world of venture capital and how you can go to investors as kings and queens using bootstrapping. We already spoke about bootstrapping on our episode with Arthur Favier, but this one will take it a level deeper. Now let's get to it. And as always, share this episode with some of your entrepreneurial friends who just have to know about the techniques she will teach us. Get ready to learn today, to use tomorrow. So this is not the usual story that we often want to hear about. So within our community and everyone we always speak today, just look at this entrepreneurial dream of building something, then randomly getting a lot of money and funding, and then uh, at some point exiting. What makes you believe that this different approach is so important? Because you've mentioned it yourself. You said that they don't necessarily generate a lot of money. Do you think that is the only reason why we don't speak enough about bootstrapping? VCs do not fund concepts. VCs fund businesses. So the only way you can go from concept to a validated business is through bootstrapping. So there are you know, several points that I will make. Number one that you have to remember is do not go to VCs as beggars, go as kings. If you go with a concept and none of the proof points in place, you don't have customer validation, you don't have anything built, you are going to be handily rejected by investors. And that is a fact. Get used to it and build your strategy, build your entrepreneurial journey around this fact. So that means you have to learn to bootstrap first and raise money later. That is the key mantra that I will bring to you today. If you want, I will teach you some you know, techniques of bootstrapping that have been done extensively. And these are, again, tried and true mechanics, which you can apply to steer your journey. That's actually exactly what I wanted to get to. But before we speak about these specific techniques, I just wanted to say very quickly, it's actually a question of mine and I want to assess, I want you to tell me whether I'm right or wrong. It's not really the question whether you're going to bootstrap or not. It's actually the question of how long are you supposed to bootstrap? So when we say how many companies are bootstrap, it's actually kind of 100% because everyone starts bootstrapping. But on the top of your head, how many companies do you think move on to some level of success without ever having to raise any investment? The majority, okay. the majority of the companies build on the basis of pure bootstrapping. And, and here's the reason why. The minute you entered the venture capital conversation, the game changes. You're, t- you're in the realm of hyper growth. So you have to show that you and hyper large, what we call TAM, total available market. And that world is very small. Very few companies grow from zero to $100 million in five to seven years. And very few companies grow to $100 million at all because to do a $100 million company, you need a billion dollar TAM. And that's also a rare phenomenon. So there are many more 
5 million, 10 million, 15 million, 20 million dollar ideas than billion dollar ideas. So therefore, by definition, most companies are building by bootstrapping because those companies are of no interest to VCs. There are other kinds of financing that are coming around. Nowadays, we work with other types of financiers who are willing to do other types of financing, non-venture capital financing, where hyper growth and you know, very hyper big, hyper large term is not such a big deal. But, but that's the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, every time I speak to someone, let's say I speak to 15 people within our community every day and they come and they ask me questions. 14 out of those 15 questions are anything related to how do I raise funding? How do I speak to investors? And I hope that after they listen to you and they listen to the facts that you're putting out there, they will just change their mindset away from all of this kind of sexy entrepreneurial funding VC life to the bootstrapping life actually and actually building something first. So now getting to your techniques, I went through your LinkedIn learning course on bootstrapping, something that I really, really recommend any listener that is currently on here, go on LinkedIn, get LinkedIn premium for free for a month, access LinkedIn learning, listen to the course. You don't even need to do that. Let me give you a shortcut to that. You go to our blog, 1mby1m.com, go to the blog. That course is pinned to the top of the blog. And I wanted to speak to you about one of those techniques that you mentioned in there, which is bootstrapping as a service, because I feel like this is the thing that will relate most to all of our listeners. Could you just please quickly tell us what bootstrapping as a service is? Yes. So think about it. If you have to build a product and it's going to take you 18 months to build this product, in the meantime, you have no way of making money. And this is a bootstrapping period that you're either financing from savings or financing from friends and family money, or you're bootstrapping with services. And here's why it's really interesting. If you are trying to tackle a problem, whatever that problem is, your first order of business is to surround yourself with customers who have that problem to give you input on that problem. And in that process, and now I'm talking about B2B primarily, if you're tackling a B2B problem and you are surrounded, you surround yourself with customers and they're giving you input on that problem, there is a possibility that if that problem is acute enough and you have enough expertise to bring to the table, they will let you solve their problem and they will actually pay you to solve that problem. So that is charging services fees to solve a problem, solve a customer problem and in the process achieving customer intimacy. You learn a lot about the problem, you learn about what customers are looking for, and you get to build something while being paid. So you're basically getting your seed financing while working for the same customers for whom you're building this you know, solution, and in due course, this becomes a product, and you have now bootstrapped a product using services. This is the principle of bootstrapping using services. Definitely. I just wanted to bring this to a level where our listeners can kind of relate to the specific service. Because when I heard about it the first time, I just kept thinking to myself that I am young. I'm inexperienced. I, I don't have many big names on my CV or anywhere. And how do I walk up to someone and I tell them that I will deliver? And how do I win their trust? Because to me, this sounds very, my dad could do it. Yes, can I do it? I don't really know. So 
any case study that you can think of or any way that you can maybe move past this. And I also don't expect like a clear cut answer. I know that this doesn't have to be possible for 100% of the people. It's very specific. And, and, and I'll, I'll leave you with a tool that I use all the time is what is your unfair advantage? What can you do that other people cannot do that people may want to hire you to do? And the more specialized the expertise, the more people are going to pay for it. Definitely. And now that we're speaking about it, at the same time, this makes me kind of think that using this bootstrapping, using a service technique, you can also find out what people actually want you to build. That's exactly right. You can start a conversation and that if you follow, if you're intelligent about following that conversation, it acts as discovery of what product should you be building something like what would you need me to build for you to trust me or for you to give me this certain amount of money and hearing it immediately from a customer who actually is thinking about a real life product in the future that's just insanely valuable so you have to kind of show that your unfair advantage exists and you have to start getting this unfair advantage from the very very beginning i mean whenever i speak to first year students and they ask me what can i do right now to start a business in any sense and what i say that every person that comes on this podcast always tells us that the one thing you need to do better is expertise in a specific field. So while you're at university, while you're doing something, take two, three, four hours every week or every day, depending on how interested you are, and learn about something that you care about. And that becomes your unfair advantage. There are two things for the segment that you're talking about, students trying to become entrepreneurs. There are two things I would recommend. One is what we just talked about, the developing specialized expertise around which you can build something meaningful and defensible. The second thing that I recommend is learning methodology. If you want to be an entrepreneur today in 2021, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. A lot of people have been successful entrepreneurs and you can learn from them. You can stand on the shoulders of giants and you can do stuff. You don't need to repeat every single mistake that, are, that is out there to be repeated. By the way, first-time entrepreneurs, if, if they don't study methodology, end up making the same mistakes that people have been making for generations. And that's not necessary. Thank you so much, Sarmana. And in just 10 minutes, you haven't only learned about a technique to bootstrap, but you also know that an unfair advantage is something that you just have to create for yourself. If you like this episode, follow our podcast and share it with your friends who need some bootstrapping for their startups. Also, make sure to check out Sharmana's 1M by 1M for tons of material on starting your business. As always, my name is Akurush Kafari, and just like you, I'm an almost founder. <laughs>